Welcome back to Chosen, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel Watch Through podcast. I am the watcher of the show, filled with infinite wisdom and knowledge to guide my Slayer through her first ever viewing of Buffy and Angel. My name is Mel B, and this week I am with my annoyed and annoying Slayer, Marissa. Hi, Marissa. So rude. I am not annoying. I'm very annoyed, though. So, it tracks, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, this week, we watched him for Buffy. Ugh. And I think we both have a lot to say about this episode. I Most suppose... of it being, ugh. <laughs> yeah. I suppose the question is, do we start our um, tirade on toxic masculinity and uh, the treatment of women now or later? <laughs> I think we should later. <laughs> Okay, then, well, why don't you tell us how this episode opens up? Uh, Spike is moving in with Xander. Again? So that's exciting. Yes. I halfway forgot that they were roommates before. Yeah, at least this time Spike isn't tied to a chair at night. Also true. But perhaps he should be. <laughs> uh, maybe. But yeah, so... They decide that the best way to get Spike to stop talking to himself and to people that aren't there is to move him into a place that isn't the basement of a cursed school. Yeah, I, I'm it's liking It's a solid it. plan. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be super duper fun. So this is going to be good times. They're going to be the best of friends before you know it. Um, so, question. Mm. Did I miss when Buffy told them about Spike's soul? Um, yeah, it's never actually said on, sc- like, the, the reveal isn't done on screen. Okay, because all of a sudden everyone knows, and I was like, when did this happen? I feel like the- I should have been a part of this. No, I think she told them, like, just off screen, and yeah. and every- So they, they don't have to play through everyone finding out and all their reactions. But, um, yeah. So she just um, told them, and um, I love Xander's like, oh, great, he can soulfully attack you, or something along those lines. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I, I feel like I just should have been a part of it, but it's it's fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently he's already stopped talking to invisible people, except for the one time in the car on the way over there. Yep, yeah, but that's a lot better. Yeah, and apparently he lives in a closet. <laughs> so... Yeah, well, I suppose... Good. I suppose Xander's place is only so big. Uh, yeah, but it seems rude. But okay. <laughs> it's like, at least let him crash on your lounge. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, at least he's not tied up. So if he has to be in a closet, at least that's a little better. I don't know. Anyway. um, So then we have Buffy and Dawn sitting on some bleachers talking. Um... Okay, is there a reason that this episode felt super weird and different? Because it just seemed strange. Uh, I didn't get that. Okay, I don't know why. It just seemed, I don't know if I was just annoyed with the content, and so it made me mm. think that this was super different, or just it just felt different anyway. <laughs> Fine. Um, so they're talking about Spike and all this stuff, and... Don's like, so do you love him? She's like, no, but I feel for him. And she goes, feel what? <laughs> and Buffy's like, Don, I really don't know, and I don't know how to explain this to you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> nobody knows. Not it, Buffy doesn't. We don't. 
no one knows what's going on here. Um, and so Buffy gets up to leave, and Don's like, I don't think it's the school basement making everyone crazy. I think it's other things. <laughs> don't know what, but some other things. And then we get the slow motion guy squirting water on his face. Um, so love struck Dawn. This can't go wrong at all. No, she like falls off the bleachers. Yeah, kind of like she fell off the couch after she was unparalyzed. Oh, poor kinda Michelle. Like poor Michelle Trachtenberg. It's just like you would just fall constantly. <laughs> She's just going to have bruises on her hip forever. It'll be fine. Um... And so after we have Love Struck Dawn, Anya's getting attacked all of a sudden out of nowhere. But apparently Dehoff is not not happy with her and is trying to exact vengeance on her. Well, he yeah, he ended up changing his mind and taking away her powers and stopping her from being a vengeance demon between last episode and this episode. Oh, I thought yeah. that he took them away last episode. Nope. He... Oh. Yeah, he, to reverse the spell, he killed Callie, Hallie, but then he told Anya that she belongs to him. And then in this episode, when Buffy and Anya are talking, I can't remember if it's Buffy or Anya, one of them says, obviously, DeHoffrin changed his mind about you being, about being a demon. Oh, well, that's, that, that clears that up, I guess. Yep. Um... So she says she doesn't need anyone's help, uh, except that she does, but she doesn't want to need anyone's help. Yeah. She likes to be self-sufficient. And basically Buffy's like, well, you're not going to be alone because I don't want any of my friends to be alone right now. Mm, So sweet of her. Yeah. Sorry, Leon's messing with my phone, and it doesn't fit there, so that's why it's not up there. (laughs) Don't don't worry, I've got the cats playing again, and I'm just shooting daggers at them like, stay quiet. (laughs) Anywho, he was delivering coffee, and now Ah, now we're good. Makes life better. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, so Buffy doesn't want any of her friends to be alone, and so she's not going to let Anya just weasel her way out of being part of the group. So, yeah, it's all good. Once you're a Scooby, you're always a Scooby. No quiddies. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. Anya did say something mean about Don not being good for anything. That's mean. She said something about Willow, like, you know, trying not to be evil. And yeah, Don just isn't really good for anything. And I was like, oh, that that's super rude. Yeah. Um... She is kind of spaced out about a boy right now, so <laughs> that tracks. Um, but yeah, so she's, you know, spacing out about this boy who we come to find out his name is RJ. Mm-hmm. Always, a, always a good thing. Um, he is a football player. He plays quarterback. and I don't know much about had- football, but everyone always talks about the quarterback. Like they're the hero of the team or something. Well, they, they are the one that throws the ball to other people. Yay. So they're, they're really a team player. They're not the hero that just runs on their own to the goalpost. Well, they, they can, but they also, there's not going to be a lot of scoring points if the quarterback is not good at what they do. Okay. Anyway, it's fine. You don't need to know a lot about football. Mm-hmm. Just know that he's super popular and super noticeable on the team. Yeah. 
There's an injured cheerleader that apparently had a vending machine fall on top of her. I need that story right quick. (laughs) But it's fine. And so Dawn, like, inserts herself into this conversation. She, like, asks RJ about this teacher that he had that she thinks is annoying, except he didn't think he was annoying, so she really doesn't think he's annoying. Uh, She just made a fool of herself, pretty much. Awkward. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But she does say that the quarterback is the most important person on the team, and RJ's friend thinks that he should be the quarterback, and so there's kind of this rivalry between the two of them. Don't remember the other guy's name. It's not important. Um, And we find out that because of the injured cheerleader, there's going to be cheerleading tryouts. Oh, boy. Not another Summers girl trying out for cheerleading. We don't need this. Buffy was good at cheerleading. There was just other issues. Yeah, well, um, we can't say that it's genetic. No. Yeah, so the popular people walk away. And then we're, you know, Summers girls trying out for cheerleading. Well, we get um, Dawn in the attic and she pulls out Buffy's old season one cheerleading outfit. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you would keep the cheerleading outfit, even though you weren't cheerleading that entire season. She fine. Buffy loved being a cheerleader. She was a cheerleader in LA, and it was so important to her, but slang going the way, but she still keeps it. It's like a memento that she could do it. Yeah. I guess. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, she really, she, she gave it her all. And she did a cheer about how RJ is super duper important to the team. We've got a secret weapon and his name's RJ. Oh boy. I actually felt so physically uncomfortable watching this scene. Like I wanted it to stop. I was there going, can I, can I like just not watch this episode and I'll pretend I watched it and just read the notes and go along with whatever Marissa says. How dare you. I'm glad that you had to suffer through this though. I was so, like, I I felt sick. I was like, I was like, please don't stop. Yeah, please stop before it gets worse. Um, (laughs) Have you ever watched The American Office? I've probably asked you this before. Uh, No, I haven't watched The Office other than like a few random episodes. Okay, well, a lot of The Office is being embarrassed for somebody and wanting to stop it so you don't have to keep watching and be cringing and feel embarrassed for them. That's what I felt here. Yeah. But she really, really stuck that cartwheel landing. Yeah. Real good. Real good. Yep. Um. Oh. But it it didn't go well for her, so she... Sorry, I love the head cheerleader who tries to be nice and is just like, that was very spirited. (laughs) Spirited. That's a good good word for it. Um, But we flash forward to Dawn wailing and crying in the bathroom, being really upset because she screwed it all up. Mm -hmm. Um, So Buffy is trying to convince Dawn that whatever happened, it's not as bad as you think. (laughs) and Xander's like, I'm here for this wailing and crying because it's still better than a a night spent with Spike. (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah, they were meant to watch movies together, but, um, yeah, obviously things have gone awry. 
Um, the I wailing love, and the crying, yeah. Yeah, I love that Buffy is, like, talking about Dawn's unrequired love and that's just a teenage crush. And Dawn opens the door and just, like, screams at her, like, you don't understand. He is, she is peak teenager in love for the first time. Mm. Peak. Um, so uh, Buffy finds her ripped up cheerleading outfit. And, and she's upset. She is. And this, but, is the, this is the time that this this symbolizes the time that I tried to be normal before slaying to over my life. How dare you? Yeah, but um, yeah, Dawn's like I don't need love advice from the dysfunction queen. And yeah, um, she goes, "You have no idea what I feel. You have no idea what real love is. Maybe if you didn't, you wouldn't make make fun of me like this." Um, yeah. and she offers to get Buffy a new cheerleading outfit and Buffy's like that's not the point I don't want a new one <laughs> and Xander's like let's not be hasty in that decision <laughs> oh boy Xander you're something else okay so I didn't understand why she was suddenly so into this guy for no reason but you made a prediction I, I did um but I just did okay um she was acting so out of character, and I think that's what threw me off throughout this entire episode, that every woman was acting crazy. Yeah. That was the reason that it felt weird. Yeah, so um, we have, I didn't know why Dawn was doing the things that she was doing. She were in school and she's walking with RJ's friend who had just told RJ that he had the quarterback spot for the game coming up because he's better than RJ finger guns. <laughs> and so they're talking and he's insulting RJ and Don pushes him down the stairs. Yeah, that's like so evil. I was like, uh, do you, what is going on? <laughs> Dawn, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Dawn that I knew. I, I didn't appreciate it. And then she goes on to lie to Principal Wood and Buffy about what actually happened. And she goes, he sh he's probably embarrassed about how clumsy he is. Okay. And so, Buffy gets suspicious because mm -hmm. Dawn goes, well, at least the team still has RJ. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Stars in her eyes and the whole thing. So she leaves the office and RJ catches up with her. And he's basically like, hey, thanks for taking out that dude that was trying to take my spot. I'll flirt with you now since apparently it will work out in my favor to get what I want. Mm-hmm. They're going to meet up later at the bronze. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I like this scene. Mm. Also, Buffy's bangs. Yeah. Her hair looked weird. I thought it looked weird too. I'm wondering if like something happened and they had to do the bangs for some reason. I thought her hair looked like super lighter than it normally does. It's definitely lighter in this episode. Okay. Anyway. I so, yeah, I hate high school politics. Just so we're clear. I hated <laughs> high school from start to finish. It was just all bad. And I wasn't very popular either, so that could be part of it. Anyway... Um, so we're at the bronze and we're with Buffy and Willow and Xander and Xander is complaining about, about Spike not picking up his towels. <laughs> so 
I, I predict that what we're going to have to compete with moving forward is uh, Xander constantly complaining about Spike as if him and Spike are in a relationship. <laughs> Which I don't mind that. It's hilarious. It is pretty good. Anyway, so um, they are talking about, you know, how Don's acting weird. And there's this boy, RJ. And then RJ is there dancing with some slut on the dance floor. <laughs> And um, Xander's there going, ooh, daddy like. <laughs> Gross. Um, um, and so then as, you know, Buffy is calling her a slut, it it, it turns around and it's it's Dawn. Uh, I love that I, Willow I, notices like straight away who it is. And she's, she's like, like uh, Buffy. Uh, don't, don't. And then Xander's like, oh, God, when I was looking, I wasn't. And then uh, Willow's like, I was right there with you. <laughs> Yeah, Xander's like, Daddy, Daddy does not like, Daddy does not like. <laughs> um, and so Buffy's like, I'm going to go have a talk with her because this is not cool. She lied to me. So one, mm. she lied. Two, she went on a date without asking. And three, she looks tacky. More tacky than Anna Nicole Smith. Do you know who Anna Nicole Smith is? I've heard the name and I'm actually Googling right now. Uh, okay, American it's probably model, actress, that way. and television personality. Playboy magazine. There we go. Yep. Uh, she married a super old guy and inherited all his money. That's not a bad plan. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just Good looking at her you. fashion, and yeah, she she does look tacky. I actually liked that shirt that Don was wearing, though. I could never pull it off, but I appreciate people. I think you could. Eh, let's <laughs> not try it. Let's say we didn't and not. And basically, uh, Don's like, well. I think I look hot, and so does RJ. That's all that really matters. And I'm like, oh, boy. Ew. And Buffy's like, um, no, I'm going to have a talk with this RJ, because this is terrible. And she goes, you are not going to embarrass me in front of him. And I was like, oh, boy. Not into the teenage angst. I'm really not. Not here for it. <laughs> um, so Dawn leaves the bronze and gets attacked by RJ's ex-girlfriend girlfriend guy that he girl that he messes around with i don't know but there's a cat fight mm. yeah um and buffy arrives and pulls them apart and she goes you want it so first you're acting like a slut and now you're getting into a cat fight do you want to get drunk and barf next like is that what you're going for and the ex-girlfriend is like tell her to stay away from rj and then kicks buffy in the shin to which buffy goes ow <laughs> I found that funny. Yeah, um, like, uh, it's just, like, a little... <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, she fights demons and vampires all the time, and then getting kicked in the shin still hurts her. It's funny to me. Anyway. So, the next day, we have RJ emerging from Principal Wood's office, where they just had a very long discussion about what I couldn't tell you. But RJ seems really enthusiastic about moving forward, not doing things that will land him in the office. Yep, so not move. So Buffy decides to have a talk with RJ. And um, where to begin? <laughs> She's basically like, I know what you're doing. You're doing something to make these girls fawn all over you. And you get you have no regard for those girls' feelings. And I was like, the jacket's a thing. 
He's putting a spell on them. Called it. Anyway, <laughs> so she's talking and talking, and he puts on his Letterman jacket, which we had mentioned previously. Xander had some, had something. Yeah, Xander said they make the girls go crazy, but I worked out it can't be any old jacket with any old letter. <laughs> I tried that. <laughs> Cute. Anyway, so he's just like, uh, and then Buffy starts stumbling over her words as he's wearing this jacket. And then she's like, I bet you run a lot, don't you? (laughs) And I was like, oh. So basically, she's under his spell and it was icky. And she's, like, fawning over him and talking about how he's such a good football player. She's, like, 20 or 21, by the way. Yeah. And he's... Is he supposed to be 18? Uh, I sure as hell hope so now. Okay. Well, we got got something cleared up in the uh, other episode we watched this week, so... I I told you they swing his age, though, in the other... Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it when we get to it. Anyway, so basically... The conversation ends when Buffy goes, I'm just like you, except with the sexual experience and stuff. I was like, why, why would that come up in conversation? <laughs> uh, because, okay. Because boys like a sexually experienced woman, apparently. I hate this episode so much. Ugh. Anyway, so she's super-duper infatuated with the kid, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna go now, but I will talk to you later. And she's like, okay, bye! Ugh, God. So, it's after school, and Dawn's coming home, and Buffy's like, hey, I want to talk to you, because I talked to RJ today, and it's okay. I think he likes you, but you're coming on a little strong, so maybe you should back off. I was like, oh, that's what, that's what you think is gonna help you in this situation? Okay. <laughs> oh, dear. This so is the worst episode. This is the worst episode. Can confirm. Worse than being bad. Yes. I wanted to text you saying this episode is worse than the one where they turned into cavemen. But here <laughs> you go. Ah, uh, I sorry. I really hate this episode. That's okay. Anyway. Oh, anyway. So, um. So she's like, yeah, you should back off and kind of play it cool and let him come to you and the whole thing. But she doesn't take her own advice because she lures uh, RJ under false pretenses into a, um, a classroom that no people are in. And he goes, there's nobody here. And she's like, yes, there is. There's one of you and one of me. And I just pulled you out of math class. So can you tell me what that means? And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) And Dawn's like, Dawn is walking through the halls and she goes, well, it's not not, um, coming on too strong if I just look for him. She looks into his math class. He's not there, which means she has his schedule memorized. Um, And... so, they are, uh, RJ and Dawn, not Dawn, Buffy, Buffy. Are, are talking in this classroom, and he, she's like, I understand that you have a lot going on, because a few years ago, when I was in high school, I had a lot of things going on, I was juggling some things, and he was like, uh, he said something, and then she kissed him, because, of course. Yeah. Um, 
And he pulls away at one point and, go, and goes, whoa, you're like a teacher. And she goes, do you have a problem with that? He goes, not really. <laughs> so they just keep kissy-kissing. And then Dawn walks by the room and sees them in there. And I'm pretty sure she saw more than just kissing. Well, they didn't actually do anything. Sure. <laughs> Still, we the hope. position that, that Xander ends up finding them in is very compromising and wouldn't, wouldn't seem like nothing. Yeah, but um, anyway, I'd like to think if something had happened, Buffy would have the good graces to quit her job after that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, contractor Xander finds uh, Dawn, you know, being upset, and she's basically like, I don't want to talk about the guy with the jacket or Buffy ever again because I, uh, I hate them both. I love that Dawn's like, I don't want to hear his name. And Xander's like, the guy with the jacket. And she goes, no. And he's like, I didn't say his name. And she goes, that's what I called him in my head before I knew his name. <laughs> oh, jeez. She's something else. Um, anyway, so Xander goes looking for them and finds them. And he goes, whoa, because she's on top of him on a table or something. And RJ's like, dude, do you ever knock? And Xander's like, it's a classroom. I don't know. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, but checkout was 10 minutes ago. and We'd really like to change the linen. It's a classroom, bonehead. <laughs> Chatterhead, I think, is the actual oh, word okay. that was used. I don't know what Chatterhead means, but anyway. Um, so we get Buffy out of there and go to the Summers household and... Dawn's crying, and Buffy's like, do you think crying's gonna make RJ's love for me go away? <laughs> okay, Buffy, I couldn't stand Buffy in this episode. She was the worst. <laughs> she's like such a bad big sister right now. Yeah, and she's just like, this isn't, because uh, someone says that it's a, a love spell, the most powerful love spell oh. they've ever seen. Wow, ever. <laughs> yep. Um, but basically Buffy's like, it's not magic, it's what's in my heart, and Don probably says about the same thing, and basically Willow's like, I'm gonna do research and try to find out how to undo this, because this is a problem. She goes, I know that you both feel terrible, but this isn't real. <laughs> I was like, Willow's the only person making sense in this whole entire episode. Yeah. Um... And so Dawn's like, Buffy, you lied to me about the whole thing. And Buffy's like, did you want me to tell you that he's in love with me? Because that probably would have hurt you worse. <laughs> she's okay. so awful. She's, yeah, she's super awful. Anyway, so, um, and Dawn's like, but you're so much older than him. And she goes, I'm extremely, extremely youthful and peppy. So it's fine. <laughs> It is not uh, fine, Buffy. It is anything but fine. Uh, they briefly flash back to the Xander love spell when all the women wanted him. Yeah. I, oh, I forgot entirely about that whole thing. Oh, he always gets stuff like that. He's been a demon magnet and he's had all the women love him when Cordelia's anti-love spell went wrong, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. So, basically... Xander's oh, no, it was like, Willow's anti-love spell, sorry. Gotcha. So they've decided that the jackets, uh, that, no, they don't say about the jacket yet. 
Xander's mm. like, I'm going to go talk to this guy's big brother who tormented me in high school. I'm going to take Spike with me because Spike isn't likely to be charmed by anyone. <laughs> that is so true. Yes. So um, they, they do go and visit uh, RJ's older brother. He's put on a couple of LBs. He's not yeah. quite the guy he used to be. He works and at a pizza place. I was going to say he works at a pizza place, which, you know... I have nothing against service workers at all, but it's not where you expect, like, your lead person from high school to end up. Yes. Not exactly. But he could be between careers right now. Who knows? No, 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 no. He's in the management program. Oh, right. Well. He tells us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um... He talks about how he used to worry about RJ and how he found poetry under his bed. Gasp. <gasps> yeah, apparently that's a problem. Um, and so Spike's looking around and he goes, so you had the same kind of jacket RJ does. And he goes, no, 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 not the same kind of jacket, the same jacket. I gave it to him when he started, when he, you know, got into sports and everything. And he goes, and my dad gave it to me. And, um, so yeah. Said it was lucky. He met yeah. mum wearing it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. We're going to, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna figure out how to get rid of this jacket and it will solve all everyone's problems. So, um, RJ stops by the Summer's house. Uh, yeah, looking, look, oh, sorry, I'm just going to point something out. I only noticed in this watch through, when they're at the brother's house, well, the parents' house, he lives at the parents, I think, because he has a yeah. rumpus room in the basement and stuff, there's all these angels on a mantelpiece, kind of, not a mantelpiece, on a shelf, yeah. and Spike spends the whole time turning them all around. I never noticed he did that. I noticed he looked at them, but it's the first time I saw him in the background turning every single one so his back was to him. Interesting. I, I did see that and notice it, but it didn't register at, with me as it would be odd. But mm, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's something odd that they had in. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yes, RJ shows up and Anya and Willow are trying to work on a uh, counter spell. Yeah, an anti-love spell, except mm. they're worried that there would be an anti-anti-love spell, spell, spell. <laughs> Um, and so RJ's like is Buffy here and Willow's like uh, no Anya goes no Buffy for you leave quickly now (laughs) yeah go away trying to get rid of him as quick as possible and then he walks away and they are charmed and even though Willow is gay she she's intrigued it's quite the jacket yeah I love I love that like you even commented going but Willow's but Willow's gay and that gets brought up (laughs) Yeah, it's, well, I said, it's even working on Willow. That's quite the jacket. And then <laughs> someone goes, Will, you're a gay woman, and he is Buffy. Isn't. Yeah. But, um, I think, yeah, I think so Xander at some point says it too. <laughs> Anya and Willow are fighting when Buffy and Dawn come downstairs. Ah, it's a whole And, thing. yeah, they're like, what's going on? And Anya's like, she's, like, fighting me for my boyfriend, RJ. Oh, <laughs> and... I think it's Buffy goes, but that's my boyfriend. Or Dawn does. Well, it could have been that. anybody because apparently everyone is RJ's girlfriend. So it's fine. Yeah. And someone says, I'd kill for him. 
or Anya says, I'd kill for him. And Will goes, you'd kill him for a, you'd kill for a chocolate bar. I was like, that's truth. <laughs> um, but Buffy's like, I would kill the principal. And I, that beats all of you. Yeah. Cause he wants principal Wood off his back. Yeah. So we're all going to figure out what we can do to resolve this whole thing. Um, Willow is about to do a gender swap spell on him. Good, good yep. call. Uh, Buffy is on a mission to kill Principal Wood. Yep. Anya is about to steal stuff. Yeah, she's at a bank and she's putting like a hood on. What? Why? Why? Why is that for RJ? I don't understand. Um, I'm guessing, going by Anya's character, she's extremely money and wealth motivated, so she probably thinks, if I'm rich, RJ will like me because I like money. Gotcha. That tracks. That's what I think, yeah. And then Don is going to commit suicide via train by lying down the tracks, so that's You know good. why? Because Buffy said as they're all leaving, she tells her to just give up. He'll never love her. Rude. Super rude. So, uh, as Willow's about to cast the spell that creates a daughter from a son, uh, Xander <laughs> breaks in. He's like, you are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> basically um yeah. and uh we see principal wood jam into some music in his office late at night and buffy is outside with a, a bazooka or yes. a grudge yes a no bazooka. it's a bazooka nice. do you remember the bazooka uh no i just made a call all the way back in season two when Jeez. uh angelus came back they were fighting, I can't remember what he was called, but it was a big blue monster that was, like, indestructible. And um, Xander and Cordelia went into a military base, broke in and managed to convince them it was fine, and they stole a bazooka, which they gave to Buffy to use because the only way to defeat the blue demon was to separate his body from each wow. part. And, yeah, because wow. Spike, Spike had put him back together as a present to Drusilla. Oh, and then right. Angelus used it against, like, used it for his own needs. And, yeah, it was sucking the souls out of everybody at Sunnydale Mall or sucking the life out of them or something. So, I wow. guess that's Buffy's bazooka. And, she, yeah, she's had it all this time. Oh, man. So, yeah, she's about to blow up Principal with a bazooka and Spike saves the day. He's just like, y'all were crazy and we need to we need to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, I just love how it all plays out in the background. So Principal Wood's just there and like he looks up at one stage but he just misses them and like there's yeah. jumping and leaping and then you just see Spike running away with the bazooka and Buffy chasing. The yeah. judge. That was the name of the demon. It was the judge. Oh right, the judge. Hmm. Good times. Back back in the day when things were simple. Anyway, mm. so we're back at Xander's car and Willow is creating a, she's a doing a locator spell, human variety, almost done. Yep, on Dawn. And yeah, they're trying to find Dawn because she disappeared and they can't find her. And so they drive to the train tracks and they get out of the car and Willow and Buffy are fighting about RJ and he's like, uh, Xander's like, crazy chicks. Look, Dawn's gonna die. Mm-hmm. And Buffy, yep, there's nothing there's nothing better to pull Daw uh, Buffy out of her spell than saving her sister. 
Yeah, so she jumps, she jumps on one of the trains and rides it and then jumps off and saves her from being uh, crushed to death. She goes, what are you doing? What is this? Were you going to try to impress RJ by dying? And she was like, well, I'm obviously not going to get him away from you because you're older and you're more good looking and you've had sex that's rough and you kill people. (laughs) I can't compete with that. And Buffy's like, but that doesn't mean you should die. Like, no guy is worth your life, not ever. And she was like, well, I figured if I died, then he could never forget me. And I was like, oh, what? What is going on? The whole thing. And basically, uh, Buffy's like, if I could give him to you, I would. She's like, I thought you wanted him for you. And she goes, nah. Well, yeah. He's so hot. I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, But we come up with a plan. And while RJ is walking around with his girl, his uh, cheerleader girlfriend, uh, Spike and uh, Xander steal his jacket. And then they burn it at Buffy's house. I still love that. Sorry, that's just so funny. Xander and Spike working together. They're going to be the best of friends. I can already tell. <laughs> anyway. Um, so basically, Buffy and Don commiserate and, you know, apologize. And Don's like, I feel so stupid that that was all over a spell. And then Buffy's like, be prepared to feel even more stupid when you're not under a spell and react the exact same way. Mm. And yeah, they all start talking about the silly things they were doing, but Anya, Anya's like, uh, I wrote him a poem, an epic. And then the radio starts talking about someone that robbed a whole bunch of places, and Anya's like, oop, I'm gonna turn this off. Does anybody want ice cream? I'll pay. (laughs) (laughs) And scene. Yep. So So, I'm just going... Go ahead. No, 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 so... No, I was just saying we didn't really rant and rave, but th- this episode um, hmm, makes me angry in a lot of ways. Tell me about your anger. Well, it's just, okay, so taking it face level, not digging into it, um, there are times when I was in high school that I felt the same way Don does. Like, I'm in love with this guy and I will just die if he doesn't love me back. And I'll do anything to get him to like me. But the fact that RJ is perpetuating this, he knows what he's doing. And he's <laughs> doing it with ill intent drives me insane. Yeah. And that it he thinks it's okay. And that the only thing that happens to him is he loses his Letterman jacket. Mm. Nothing you want a actually, consequence. A, a slap yeah. in the face would have been great at this point. <laughs> yeah. Too bad Spike has the chip. I'm sure he would have done it. <laughs> yeah, especially since, you know, Buffy was all making out. Oh, does he know? Ooh. I, I think Spike we... Spike would be aware. <laughs> that Buffy was all on top of this kid and making out with him? So I just was looking at the um, stuff, uh, the facts and stuff. It says, it's never revealed whether Buffy and RJ actually progressed to sex before being interrupted by Xander or indeed after when he left them alone again. If they do, then RJ is her fifth lover. He is also the only sexual partner she would never have beaten up. 
<laughs> wow. So, okay. So her and Angel definitely uh, punched each other a time or two. Um, she, did she, she punched that, that dude that she slept with in college before Riley? Um, I think she shoved him, but it okay. wasn't actually malicious. It was her protecting him, I think. Okay, and then I don't Ri- care. Riley and her fought. Yep. And then her and Spike fought. Okay. A lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More more than once. Okay. Yeah, okay, that, that tracks. Weird. But yeah, um, this, this uh, episode made me feel icky. Yeah, it is a bit, it is a bit icky. I... I don't think you'll be surprised to find out it was written and by and directed by men. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> mm, yeah, that yeah. that that's surprising. I know, right? Okay, um, I just I just ugh. okay. I'm not gonna rant and rave about things because I'll just keep th- saying the same things over and over again. But it's not okay what he did, and that he kept doing what he was doing, even though he knew something. Did he know? He didn't know that the jacket. Well, he had to have known that the jacket was a thing. He, 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 he. I think he worked it out. Yeah. At some point, because he puts it on while Buffy is getting up him. Yeah. So I don't think he knew necessarily that it was magic related, but he knew something was up with the jacket. So he deserved to lose the jacket, and he also deserved a smack in the face. That's all. Yes. Um. Yes, he definitely did. Um, another fun fact, this is the second boy that Dawn has fallen for that has a Letterman jacket. Because <laughs> the guy in All the Way wore one, so she's got oh, a right. thing. Um, she's got a type. Got it. RJ is the third poetry enthusiast uh, Buffy is attracted to. <laughs> so we had Owen Thurman back all the way in season one. And, of course, Spike. Oh, is he the broody one? Yeah, he was the broody one who he ended up in the morgue and stuff with them. Right. And afterwards, Dawn, uh, not Dawn, Buffy was scared he would leave her because of all the weirdness. But instead he's like, oh, I want to do it again. Let's do it again. She realizes she has to leave him because he's not safe. You there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. He just went quiet. Um, another thing is when RJ's brother is mocking poetry, um, Spike's rolling his eyes in the background. Oh, is Spike, is Spike a poetry guy? Meh, Spike, remember William the Bloody Awful Poet? Oh, right. (laughs) Oh, right. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so our international titles are... Proofs of Love and Crazy About Him. Uh, who had Proofs of Love? That was the Germans. Neither of those are really that good. So Thad Luckenbill, who played RJ, is 10 years older than Michelle Trachenberg and was two years older than Sarah Michelle Gellar. Ew. Gross. Gross. Um, oh. So here we go. I didn't notice this until just now with Spike turning the angels. Um, This may be a reference to his insanity from earlier in season seven, or it could be due to his dislike of Angel. (laughs) I was thinking the dislike of Angel. 
to be mm. honest, when you mentioned it. Yep. Um, so I'm scared to ask, what do you rate this episode? It's a four. I hate this episode. It almost got a three, but I, I think the the background spike turning the angels kind of boosted it for me. I don't know. I, I, I really hate this episode. I don't think I would ever willingly watch it again. Um, fair enough. I that, hate, that is. I hated this episode. Hated it with a passion, <laughs> with a fiery passion. This is probably that. I hate this episode. Sorry. Okay. You're going to kill me because I gave it like a seven and a half. You're the worst. (laughs) I I see all your valid criticisms, um, but I found it like at the end, like face value, not looking into its problematic areas. It's just a funny romp around kind of episode, which is which is nice at the moment. Trust me. Okay, so I I texted you in the I stopped it like in the middle last night, and I honestly did not want to finish it. Oh, wow. I honestly was so disinterested, I didn't want to finish it. I I honestly could I I had there was no the main storyline had no entertainment value for me whatsoever. That's fair enough. Like, I, I'm not going to... I don't think it I, I especially, I especially understand with this episode on, on why, yeah, you wouldn't like it, and that's okay. Do you, um, Did you have a favourite moment? <laughs> Was there a moment where you're like, I can endure? Uh, the only... Hmm, I'm going to say the only good part of this episode uh, was... I think it was Spike and Xander going to visit RJ's brother. That scene was funny to me. It's the only thing that really kept me going. Yeah. yeah. Mine is uh, the stuff happening outside Principal Wood's office. Okay, that's also funny. <laughs> just because he's so oblivious to murder about to ha- about to be uh, she's just like done there, like with this bazooka and you just see spike crash tackle her and yeah uh, who's your character shout out does anyone deserve a shout out i'm gonna give it to to xander for keeping his head during Good. the whole Good. thing Yep, um, that is a very worthy, such a worthy person for this episode. Yeah, he's, he's just like, he's, y'all are crazy. I'm actually do something about it. He's the right real back. hero of this episode. Um, I'm going to give it to Spike for being sane throughout the episode and helping Xander. Yeah. Xander um, could have done it without him. Yeah. So um, to our listeners, we probably should have mentioned this at the start, Um Marissa will not be making a prediction for next week's episode exactly because next week we're actually going to watch the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie um, to celebrate 100 episodes. Um, We will save and we'll save the prediction for that until the end of watching Angel today. Um, So with that, we should jump on over to um, Angel, which is another interesting episode. Also an equally as annoying episode, but I didn't hate it as much. So let's do it. Okay.
So yes, here we are with Lorne narrating to us in sunny, sunny LA. <clears throat> I, I really like this kind of episode where someone mm. is narrating to us after the fact. Um, I particularly like, I'm jumping ahead already, but I love when like he's unconscious and he just turns to the camera to keep narrating. <laughs> he's like, I know that I'm supposed to be knocked out, but I have to tell you what's going on. <laughs> so um, my, my first note was, there's no way this can be worse than Buffy. I was hoping. It's not. Spoiler alert. Um, anyway, so Lauren's starting out singing about memories and about being young and how some people forget how terrible being young is. Can confirm. It's terrible. <laughs> um, so we go back to when uh, Cordelia was asking Angel if they were in love. She goes, were we? And he goes, what? She goes, in love. And he was like, well, I had feelings for you. And I thought maybe you had feelings for me, but you never said so. But we were going to meet up on a very romantic spot right before you got taken to wherever you went. And she goes, how about, how do you know that I didn't have a restraining order? Because you harassed me in the workplace. (laughs) Um... And basically, he's like, I can't answer any of that because I don't have an answer for you. Mm. I don't want to answer questions I don't have answers for. Which is fair enough. That's what I'm saying. And basically, Cordelia is like, you don't know how bad this is. Like, I know my ABCs and I know my history, but I don't even recognize the sound of my own name. Yeah. And she's like, I know every shoe shop in this mall and all this stuff. Yeah. The longer the storyline of her not having her memory goes, the worse and worse ways they find to describe how terrible it is to lose your memory. Mm. Like, yeah, especially how she's how she's lost hers. It is literally just her personal history and relationships that she's lost. Yeah, she like, still has educational knowledge. She still has world world knowledge. Yeah, it's like your name embodies who you are and everything that makes you you. And if you don't have a connection to that, like, what do you have to hold yourself all together, you know? Yeah. It's a whole thing. Anyway, (laughs) so super conveniently, Lauren found um, something that is, it's it's a memory spell to help Cordelia get everything back together. I was like, hmm. And it's guaranteed. Nothing can go wrong here. Um, and, and it breaks, and it breaks to narrator Lauren going, well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> we weren't um, going to say anything, Lauren. Yeah. Um, so we're going to cut to the Cordelia chase and it's going to, it's going to, she's going to have her memory back in two ticks of a ticky thing. So it's all good, <laughs> but they have to bring all six of them together. So Wesley with his super cool weapons. And uh, he answers the phone and he's like, Lauren, I said, yes, I'll be right there. If it works, it's worth it. Not sure why all of them had to be there for this to work. Maybe they needed that many people. Maybe. And people who are important to Cordelia. Yeah. So um, Gunn and Fred aren't dealing well with what happened. Yeah. They're not getting, they're not getting along. Yeah, it's a little bit awkward. Yeah. And so they come downstairs and 
Gunn is like, oh, great. There are symbols on the floor. This is this is terrible. We don't like this. And <laughs> Lauren calls him pouty britches. I love <laughs> everything that, that comes out of Lauren's mouth, basically. <laughs> Lauren is that, he, too he precious that, for this world. He, yeah, he says that his parade is rainproof. So that's good. And um, he says something in... Um, is it Pylean? Yeah, yeah, let's go with Pylean is the language. Yeah. Uh, he says something and Fred says something back. And apparently she actually, instead of saying something about his words being pleasing to the gods, it just says, may you orally please the gods. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. fine. So Wesley's, Wesley's there and it's a whole awkward thing. And, oh, man, there's a lot going on. Because uh, Fred and Wesley didn't know that Gunn knew that Fred went to Wesley's for Wesley to help her kill her old professor. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes that that uh, Host wasn't aware of. Yeah, and would have changed how he behaved if he had been aware of. It's my job to read people. No one in this group was singing. Okay. Um, so Cordelia is, um, getting cleaned up and she's in a towel and Angel's just there all of a sudden. And he asks about Connor. He goes, how is he? And Cordelia clears up the whole age of consent issue because she goes, he's 18. Yeah, even though he was like, even though he was 16 when he turned back up from, um, the other dimension. I don't Continuity think for, era. I don't think they foresaw the the him and Cordelia thing. <laughs> they should have, but you know, whatever. Just make everybody eighteen coming back into this universe, okay, guys? Yeah. So we cleared up the whole age consent issue, so we're good. Um, and basically, Cordy's like, "Did you often walk into my room when I was in a towel? Because that fits with the both we were in love theory and the harassment theory." I was like, uh. two sides of the same coin. I get you. Mm. Um, we have Gunn confronting Wesley, and he's like, he's talking about how everybody else has a job and he's the muscle. I, I thought we were pretty clear on that from the jump that he was the muscle. Yes. He wasn't the the sorry. He wasn't the brains. No. And he was not the leader. Right. He was always the muscle. And he, like, made it, like, a big thing. Like, they automatically made him the muscle because of who knows why. And I was just like, I'm pretty sure that you wanted to be the muscle. You didn't want to be in charge. No. Anyway. Because he had been in charge of his group and that hadn't gone well. No, his sister got turned into a vampire and then he had to kill her. Mm. See, see what happens when you're in charge, Gun? That's all I gotta say. Anyway... Um, but we talk about how killing takes brains, and Wesley's like, you couldn't do what had to be done for Fred, that's why she came to me. And he goes, you have no idea what I would do for her. And Wesley's like, we're not having this conversation, because it really doesn't matter. He goes, you make a move on Fred, and I'll put you down. Oh, just quickly, because I was looking through... 
what they say in this is Cordelia says Connor is 18. This is the first time he is given a concrete age after returning from Quartoth in the third season. Yeah, I think they just assume, like, maybe just said 16. They didn't really, like, say for sure that he was 16. So, yeah, that works. Um, But basically, Wesley then straight threatens death on gun with whatever it was that he had strapped to his arm. Hmm. And basically, he's like, you won't get to put me down because I'll put you down first. So how about we just stop this? And Gunn goes, what happened to you? And Wesley goes, I feel like this is the 15 millionth time Wesley has had to say this. I had my throat cut and all my friends abandoned me. Yeah. Because he, he, he ain't getting past that. It, every time he does something that they... Uh, they feel is unfair they ask what happened and he was like guys i've told you a million times Mm. y'all abandoned me after i almost died so just saying (laughs) um so they all gather in a circle and all hold hands and there's a bottle in the middle and there's some words said and the these balls of light fly out of this bottle And go into these people. Yep. And they all start feeling, like, dizzy and... They were all super-duper high. Hmm. And then... Cordelia... Steps on the bottle and shatters it. Yep. And then it gets weird. Cordelia starts talking and then... Wesley says something about, and who are you? And she goes, I'm Cordelia Chase, dumbass. And I was like, <laughs> oh boy, we're back in high school. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was here for it at the start. Um, she calls Angel Salty Goodness. At, we're trying to figure out if anybody recognizes anybody else. Because Mm -hmm. we're all back in our high school mind frame. So, Cordelia doesn't know about Angel. Angel's name is Liam. Did we know that his name was Liam? Yes. Before? Okay. I didn't know if Um, we knew that or not. I can't remember if it was explained, explained, but I know that... Or maybe not. I think we do. I'm really sure that we do. I know know it definitely comes up later. Yes. Um, Anyway. Yeah. So, and then Fred is way in her uh texas accent and gun is all you know hard and badass and wesley is the biggest nerd i have ever encountered in my entire life mm. he's head boy he's the watchers he's academy back, he's back. oh my god <laughs> so i'm gonna bring this up now since actually i just was reading it um joss whedon says the episode grew out of his desire to see wesley return to the bumbling moron of the past we were reminiscing about the days when he was a complete idiot, and so we thought we wanted to see an old-school Wesley, but also cool new-school Wesley, Whedon explained. Although his regression to a comedic figure contrasts to his new, darker persona, Wesley still exhibits heroism during this episode, which is in line with the growth of his character experienced over the last four years. Peggy Davis says that Wesley can embody masculine he- heroism or feminine comedic figure, but not both. However, in this episode, he demonstrates that this heroic masculinity allows for a comic element as well. 
I liked it. I liked I liked Wesley in this episode. Um, I just want to commend the actor because he plays uh, Wesley that I hate really well. And then this Wesley that's just, oh, he's just adorable. Anyway, um, he's um, head boy at the Watchers Academy, so it's very exciting. Um, yep. And he's like, it took a lot of hard work to get to where I am, and I know a bunch a bunch about demons. Mm. And then and then Gun goes, they're all going around saying their names, and he's like, Gun. Wants to go, where? <laughs> and he talks. Oh, boy. He goes, no, um, no, it's my name. So I'm going to point out something that's a bit unclear. Because the age is a bit off. So they imply that they're all 17. But Cordelia um, knew Angel at that point. Yeah. Cordelia has no recollection of the Slayers or Vampires, nor does she recognize Angel despite meeting him when she was 16. Yeah. Um, she re- vi- believes herself to be a victim of a sophomore hazing prank, indicating she regressed to sophomore year. While okay. she did not meet Angel until the end of her sophomore year. So it could okay. work. All right. Kind of. But um, yeah. she won't be 17, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So Angel says, Wesley says something to Angel. Angel's like, I'm not your friend, you English pig. So apparently <laughs> the Irish and the English don't like each other. I don't, no, no, I don't remember do anything from history class. So sorry. No, the Irish hate the English. And At why, least back then. They probably why is still that? do. Why is that? Um, there was just lots of wars and invasions, and oh, okay. um, yeah, the the English wanted to rule everybody, so the Scottish didn't like the English either. Well, I think I think the Welsh and the and the English got along okay, but only because like you know England had already invaded them. <laughs> they had no choice. <laughs> they had no choice. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so Liam, Angel's human name, doesn't like Wesley. Got it. Yeah, and he thinks um, that his his accent's weird. Yeah, so loads of people really criticized David Boreanaz's Irish accent. Oh. And people 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 kind of didn't want it. And so what they've pretty much implied is that Angel has been living in America so long he picked up the accent naturally. So yeah. his body and everything, that's how he talks now. So Yeah. Yes. I remember the couple of times that they did like flashbacks and it, it was very put on and not natural at all. Yeah, he, he he ain't great at the Irish accent. Yeah, well, I'm not good at accents either. So mm, this I was can like do a, a couple. This was like a murder mystery party, and it was exciting to me. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So and um, it becomes a murder mystery of who's the vampire. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Fred and Gunn are both under the impression that conspiracies are real. And that the government kidnaps people and removes their memories for fun. I'm here for this. Continue. Totally tracks. I believe both Fred and Gunn actually in in real life would believe those things. (laughs) Even though they never really talked about it in like the regular episodes, I feel like that's something they maybe bonded over at some point. Yeah. Um, since, Since, you know, demons are real, aliens are obviously real too. Yes. Area 52 that, that and all tracks. that. Yep. Anyway, so Wesley is under the impression that they must have been unconscious for at least a month because he's got facial hair. And the amount of it tracks with a month of not shaving. 
That, like, overall, I'm actually pretty happy with that power of deduction on that. Good for him. Yeah. Like, if you believe, if your mind says, fact, I am 17, I have facial hair, I must be not, and I've woken up from being unconscious. (laughs) Yeah, I like, I like Wesley's facial hair. Makes him look more rugged. I think I've mentioned this before. Um, Leon, my fiance, has actually been growing his beard out since we've been in, like, quarantine. He calls it his quarantine beard, and it is fabulous. And people compliment him all the time, and it is because of me, because I wanted him to keep it. Oh, I was going to say, how did that go for you when it was in the stubble stage? Or did it stay soft? Well, it's stubbly for a while and pokes you in the face, and then it gets to a point where it's soft. I'm not sure if I told you this on the recording or if it was just us talking, but Ryan went and got his beard trimmed because it was getting in my mouth and I didn't Ew. like that. And I was like, I was like, just just get it cleaned up. So he goes um, to get it done and he's served by this Ira- Iranian man who goes, I don't want to touch your beard. It's so beautiful and luscious. Why would I do anything? He's like, oh, I'm just, I just want to trim because... Like um my my girlfriend she um she complains it gets in her mouth and he goes no your beard is beautiful leave her and find a girl that appreciates it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like I do appreciate your beard I just don't want it in my mouth <laughs> oh man yeah he's he's starting to get annoyed with it because it's like encroaching on his top lip he doesn't like that because uh. it's the whole beard mustache combo the whole thing yeah yeah but he he said <laughs> he said when we get out of like being locked down he's gonna shave it. And it'll be a sad day for all. <laughs> anyway, he he would never let it get super long because it would annoy him and he would get like, his face would get scratchy. But once it got past that, it was fine. Doesn't, yeah. except, except for the, you know, getting on his top lip, he's not annoyed with it anymore. Anyway. <laughs> yes. So well, just Wes- keep it trimmed. Keep it totally on to keep it trimmed. And, you know, I haven't seen any pictures of him with his beard, but I'm sure he looks very suave. <laughs> He does. He looks very distinguished because he's got some white hair in there. Very salt and pepper. It's adorable. Anyway. Very nice. So, yes. Wesley with facial hair. Good job. Um, So, we take a vote. Well, we don't really take a vote, but we do vote that Wesley is not in charge of this whole thing. There's weapons in this place and we don't know why. And Wesley finds these things attached to his hands and he doesn't know what to do with them. And I love that. I love this where he flicks and the, the, the steak comes out. He's like, ah! <laughs> and then Fred is trying. <laughs> oh, there's there's karate moves. And we're trying to decide if we're in uh, hell. And um, yeah, when Wesley does the karate moves and the spikes come out and then Fred tries to do karate moves too. Pretty good. But they decide that they're going to look around this lobby and try to figure out what's what and i was like oh so you're gonna look for weapons and you're gonna find lorne and then you're gonna be really freaked out yep and that's what happens all right nobody scream or touch my arms okay (laughs) wesley and uh liam slash angel is convinced that this is the devil's work he goes i knew it that's the devil and fred goes why is the devil sleepy (laughs) <laughs> she makes a good point but yeah angel talks about like his father's warnings to him and it's like i should have listened to him yeah you should have but you didn't so here you are um we do go to connor out saving the girls per usual <laughs> and 
uh, he saves this girl and he's like, well, you're safe now. And she goes, how can I repay you? And I was like, you're a hooker. <laughs> uh, and she asked if he has 50 bucks and he was like, why would I need 50 bucks? <laughs> like you would kind of think he would get like, if she's going to do it, she'd like give him a freebie for saving her. Yeah. Um, just going to say, tell you she's a hooker. That's why she asked for $50. Poor Connor. And the last time he kissed a girl that wasn't Cordelia, she OD'd in the bathroom. So maybe you should just not. Yeah, just 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 stay um stay chaste. Exactly. Um so we talk about a uh, gun wants to cut off Lauren's head because they like duct tape to duct tape him to the thing in the lobby. And he's like, I think we just hop his head off. And Wesley's like, I don't think I don't know if that would work. Because even though I've had bullet, I don't know a lot. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but that's what it comes out to be. Um, and so uh, Cordelia says that Gunn and Wes are having like a homoerotic buddy cop moment, which is adorable. <laughs> um, and basically she's like, y'all need to figure out what to do. And Wes is like, well, I think I know what's going on here. And everybody just needs to know that what I'm about to tell you is going to come as a shock. And Gunn just goes, vampires are real. And Wesley's like, I was gonna say that. He's so pouty and upset. Yeah. So, um, but then he goes on to talk about how he's been studying all these demons and stuff, and he really doesn't know what an empath demon is, so. No. Um, so then, like, Can't Wes- know everything. Yeah, and then Wesley and Gunn, like, start- Especially not 17. Yeah. Wesley and Gunn, like, start fighting, and Cordelia goes to Angel, and she's like, are you going to stop this? He goes, no, it's about time the English got what they deserved. I'm rooting for the slave. And I was like, oh, oh, dear. <laughs> that's well, the time period Angel's from. I know, but that was, that was problematic. Um, actually, there's a good conversation, since we're a holistic and full podcast historical drama and stuff Mm -hmm. do you find it bad when they use those terms in that historical setting where they were used um i personally don't like it i understand Mm. the significance like i don't think that for instance the book huckleberry finn yeah in the time period it was written you used the n-word yeah um so I un- and I don't think that it should be rewritten to replace that because yeah. they they rewrote and, the, and when I say rewrote it I mean they edited it to have slave instead and I think they even redid it again to have like a quote unquote better I don't think that they should be changing historical writings. Okay, that- so what I meant is if we if we were watching a vampire show set in the 1700s in America during that time and they used the N-word in that is what I'm kind of asking. So something we make in modern times reflecting a historical setting. Okay, while it still makes me uncomfortable, I understand it and can appreciate it and give it a pass for what it is. Yeah. And I don't don't think... I don't think that those things are made that way to offend anyone. It's just, it, yeah. it is what it is. Now, yeah. Yeah. 
people in the real world nowadays using language of that sort, that's a different story entirely. Yeah, of course. Cool. I I just wasn't sure when you said it was was problematic if you were meaning that they had done it in the show or whether Mm. just in general it's problematic, which in general it's problematic. But in the context of the show, I'm like, no, that's what Liam would think because he's from that period. Well, yeah, I just just Mm. was uncomfortable with it. Yeah. I'm generally uncomfortable with those things. We had a incident in my family where uh, one of my cousins was dating a... uh, a uh, mixed man and my grandma used some words that aren't nice because she's old and from a place and a time where that was used and I didn't appreciate it and that's why it makes me uncomfortable now yep that's fair enough anyway anyway anyhow so um, uh, angels voting for gun yes (laughs) go gun um they call Wesley head cheese at one point, which I appreciated. Uh, and throughout this whole thing, host is inputting his little things here and there, which is fine. Yeah, like, but I, is this is this when he turns around and is like, I wasn't conscious for this part, but can you believe these numbskulls? They're the worst. <laughs> but Wesley's like, you know, there's this thing that they do with these slayers, and it's the test where they put them in a place with a vampire and they have to figure out how to destroy it on their own. Mm. And I was like, oh boy. (laughs) And basically Gunn's like, I'm not a civilian. I've been killing vamps since I was 12. And I was like, ooh, badass. Yeah, we got a badass here. (laughs) And then Fred just turns to Gunn and she goes, are you always this grouchy? He goes, I am when I wake up with all these white people trying to tell me what to do. Okay. I get you, gone. Yeah, Anyway, so Wesley's like, well, you're probably here in an advisory capacity. Um, and everybody's like, I think we miss, oh, Fred is like, I think like we missed a bunch of years because it doesn't seem like we're in high school. And Cordelia's like, well, I filled out a whole lot more <laughs> boobs, everyone. And friends <laughs> like, well, obviously I'm not. <laughs> so no, she goes. So she goes. I'm. I. I will or something. Like yeah. she's. She's positive about it. It's like something positive. It's like, oh, honey, I think you're done. <laughs> oh. Anyway, and then yeah. So they're all like, well, we obviously missed some years. There's some stuff going on. And Angel's like, I feel cold inside. Oh. Oh, man. And so we're going to get some weapons and we're going to go searching the uh, hotel for the vampire that obviously has to be here. So um, when did Fred suddenly become interested in weed is my question. Uh, She's a teenager. So obviously she had it as a teenager. I just thought it was super duper weird. It did not fit with the character that I know Fred to be at all. It was just, she it was just out weird. It. it was weird. She asked Angel for weed and then she asked Wesley for weed and it was a whole thing. I was just like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah. Well, that's obviously her as a teenager. She, um, she did some experimentation. I guess. Oh, man. It was just so weird. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so... 
Uh, Cordelia and Angel are going to go look upstairs, and Fred, Gunn, and Wesley are going to go look, like, where the kitchens and the basement are. It's going to be all good. Um, yeah. Because Cordelia said, I'll go with tall, dark, and slightly less pathetic. Good. Yeah. Oh, hello, cat. Sorry, I've got a cat, like, on me. She she needs to be on me. Which okay, one? sorry, continue. Which, which cat? Zara, of course. Okay. Tequila. Tequila still doesn't really come that close to me. Oh, okay. Hello, Zara. Anyway, so I think we can determine that Lorne listens to himself singing. Yeah. Because his his uh, CD was playing in his room on a boombox. Which is great. I just love it that he's like, Zara, she's rubbing the mic if you can hear weird noises. Yep, it's okay. Um, but yeah, so Lorne listens to himself sing, which is adorable. Um, or and narcissistic, take your pick. Either or. And so uh, Angel doesn't know why there are, min- like, little minstrels singing out of this box. And Cordelia presses the, the stop button. He goes, how did you stop the tiny men from singing? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and so they're sitting down and talking about how all this is dangerous. And Cordelia's like, what is it about danger that makes makes your blood just? And then he unintentionally vamp faces and then goes back. And he's like... I need to go to the bathroom real quick. So let me yeah, go Yeah, because you're staring that. at her throat. Nope. So <laughs> it would be pretty freaky. And I thought it was weird that he could control his vamp face and at one point only did it partially. Yeah, because he was flicking it back and forth so quick. But he, uh, what he, what the funny part is he runs in, looks in the mirror, and then runs back out and goes to Cordelia, I'm invisible. <laughs> She's like, uh, no, you're not. You're right here. <laughs> And then he just, uh, when he's in the bathroom and vamp facing and going back and he goes, mm. I'm a vampire. They're going to kill me. And I was like, well, yeah. you're not wrong. <laughs> and he, poor thing. He's like so scared and worried because mm-hmm. he's like, why? I don't, I'm not a vampire. Yeah. Knowing what he know. is and knowing what they're going to do and not being able to, to really see what's going to happen. It's a thing. Yeah. Or understand. Yeah. Um, and Lauren is smoking while he's telling this whole story. And I told him he needs to just stop. He's anyway. a demon. It probably doesn't affect him. Oh, probably not. Anyway, so Fred is having a discussion with Wesley about how it's this is this is not aliens. Because obviously if it was aliens, there would be probes involved. And they would um, do whatever they wanted to with her naked, helpless body. Okay, uh, valid, I guess. And Wesley's just like, um, we probably shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> um, but we're not going to give up hope. And we're going to, uh, Gun's like, there's nobody down here. So let's go back upstairs because this is, this is real weird. Yeah. Um, and they, they all congregate back in the lobby and Angel's like, I'm going to go see ya. Um, but he goes out there and he's facing horrors that he never thought he would, which is a street full of cars going this way and that. Yeah. And he goes back in the, the hotel and someone goes, Liam, and he goes, demons, a whole lot of them, metal and, and beeping. <laughs> and they think, they think there must be demons, which is hilarious. What? Because if all of the rest of them just walked out, they would be fine. Yep. So... 
they determine that one of them has to be the vampire. Because Wesley says, it goes, it may be one of us. And Cordelia goes, ugh, you're kidding. And he goes, what if I were Miss Chase? But we we have to, he thinks Gunn is the the vampire at first. And like mm. holds up a crucifix to him and Gunn straight punches him in the face. Good. Best reaction ever. Yes. So he calls him something and Gunn goes, your ass better pray I don't look that word up. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was and I didn't look it up. So can't tell you what it was. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Sorry, I can't remember what he called him. It's okay. Not important. But anyway, so they pass around the crucifix, and Angel has a real good diversion to distract from the fact that his hand is burning. Yeah, so he takes a hold and, like, shows them and then puts it down and then goes, hey, look, it's waking up. And then throws the crucifix. Good job. And Warren remembers what's going on. He knows he knows everybody and what they're what they are and what they're doing. He goes, funny sidebar, I'm tied to a chair again. What the hell? <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, he's like outing Angel as a vampire in the worst possible situation. Yeah. It's no good. And Wesley accidentally like unleashes a, a stake at him, doesn't kill him, but he goes, sorry, I mean, ha. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and basically Angel's like I'm gonna like just embrace this whole evil vampire thing so I'm gonna choose between the two girls which one I want to eat first and I can't choose and Cordelia's like what do you mean it's hard to choose but you should totally eat Fred first she's got a lot of neck <laughs> okay I think Cordy has more blood yeah probably um then we have Wesley and Angel fighting. It's the English and the Irish at it again. Angelus was super back in the game. I don't think he realized that he had a soul. It's problematic. No. Yeah, he would feel so guilty afterwards. Yeah, but he chases Cordelia down to the basement, and then Cordelia screams super duper loud. And you know who it alerts? Connor, what's up, boy? You just chillin'? <laughs> yep, and he just comes in there and fights Angel, and he, she goes, Cordelia goes, you know, you're really more chess club than I'm used to, but if you take, if you kill that guy, I will give you a big reward. Uh, and I was like, poor Connor, like, just wants physical affection. I was like, boy just wants some substantial physical contact. He'll do anything for it at this point. Oh. Kind of ill, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and someone says, oh, balls, and I think it might have been host. Yeah. And he goes, Fred, look in your heart. Am I evil? You should uh, let me go, and we'll put this little thing back together and fix everybody. Hmm. And so Connor and Angel are fighting, and Connor deduces that nobody knows what's going on right now. And <laughs> he goes... Uh, he says something about, sounds like my father, and Angel goes, was he a self-righteous bastard? And he goes, Connor goes, you'd be amazed. And apparently, yep. Angel would rather go with his sinful urges with Cordelia than actually fight. So, okay. Ew, gross. So, 
Um, Angel does get, does get the upper hand on Connor and eventually is like, I don't know what you want, kid, but I'm going to let you go. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Lorne and Fred put the, the bottle back together and it's like some paste that you put on your tongue and it brings back your memory. And mm. it worked. And not a second too soon because yep. uh, Gunn was about to attack Lorne. It was going to be no good. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they're all talking in the lobby before the, the paste gets given to everybody. Someone asks, are you happy now? And Angel's like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to be attacked. I didn't ask to be a freak. Hell, I didn't even ask to be born. Oh, he says this to Connor. And yeah. Connor's kind of like, uh, yeah. Didn't ask to be born, <laughs> huh? I know how that feels. Ouch. Yeah, so we're all back in the lobby at this point, And no one kill anybody, because we're going to give you this pace and it's going to be all fine. <laughs> and it's all going to be super duper awkward now. But Cordelia gets the paste given to her, and I thought, I was like, she's back to normal or not, and then she was running away down the hall, and this whole thing. So, when she was given the paste, what she saw were a pair of demon eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. Randomly? Yep. Okay. So, apparently... She remembers everything. Yep. Everything. Yeah. And so, oh, quickly, Host does tell us um, to be good and go home and hug your families while you still can. Yep. Anyway. So, Angel chases after Cordelia, and he's like, Cordy, and she goes, I can't. I'm sorry. And he's like, you remember. She goes, I remember all of it. All of it. And I have to be alone. And the angel goes, were we in love? And she goes, we were. Past tense. I can't deal. And then we. Past tense. Which is hilarious. What do you mean? Because all the way back in like season one of. Buffy and then again like through Buffy and into like the first seasons of Angel you're like if Cordelia and Angel hook up I'm gonna well that's why I didn't like Cordelia (laughs) and also I wanted her to be with Gru for a while until Gru left yeah um so and then we see that host was talking to an empty place yep okay weird eh very weird. I didn't get it. Hmm. Was I supposed to? Well, not exactly, but he certainly warns us that big, like, he wished he had known all this before it happened because big things were coming. Ooh. Can you answer a question for me? Depends what the question is. Uh, you probably can't, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is there ever a crossover between the two shows again? You can't answer that. I cannot answer that. 
Because it's just like they talk about how the Hellmouth is reopening and like the end of the world is coming. And they're also talking about the apocalypse and the end of the world here. Because it just, it seems like Cord- like in Angel, Cordelia is ushering in the apocalypse. Right? That's what that's what we've been led to believe, like, with what Host saw in her yeah. future or whatever. Yeah. But then the Hellmouth is reopening, and there's something happening there. Well, you know, the apocalypse so, needs lots these lots of starting points. Like, it's got a whole world to like cover off. Well, I just I just feel like because like, what if Cordelia can't handle being around Angel with all this stuff and decides to go back to Sunnydale, and that's when everything goes to crap? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, so yeah, th- this episode is uh, done. Yep. Um, so here's some fun facts and things. When Cordelia first sees Angel, she says, Hello, salty goodness, which is the exact same thing she said in the Buffy episode, Dev a Killer Boy on the First Date, when she first ever saw him. Nice. Um, while Lorne is unconscious, Gunn suggests cutting off his head. As we have learned previously, this would not actually kill him. Oh, right. He was he was beheaded in Pylea. I forgot about hmm. that. Um, this episode took much longer to film due to the cast finding it difficult to stop laughing. Amy Acker and Andy Hallett ruined dozens of takes by giggling, and Alexis Denisoff and David Boreanaz prolonged shooting for an hour and a half when they couldn't stop laughing one day. To get the scene, Denisoff explains he and Boreanaz resolved not to look at each other. On the DVD commentary, Whedon points out in the background shots where Boreanaz is still failing to keep his face straight. I I would feel like this would be a tough one to to film. So you said... Amy Acker, who is Fred, and who? Uh, Andy Hallett, that's Lorne. Okay. I figured because I knew who everybody else was. Yeah. I was like, that's not that's not Gunn's name. Mm. Um, Whedon gave Lorne's spell the side effect of making the gang high to differentiate this memory spell from a similar one used in the episode Buffy, Tabula Rasa. Okay. He readily admitted that the spell is lazy writing meant only to set the plot in motion. I like it, so no, no, I'm not going to complain about it. Hmm. Um, Just make sure there's no spoilers in this (laughs) before I read it. Mm -hmm. Okay, never mind. Okay. I'm not reading that because there's spoilers. Yep. Um... Just do, 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 check. There's so many places I put the fun facts on this, so I'm double checking the other one. Um, that air there, is really that's, the, best, that's, that's, the that's, best thing to have in a podcast. No. Sorry, no, I was about to say, this is weird. The DVD commentary for this episode featuring writer and director Joss Whedon and actor Alexis Denisoff ranks 86th on the list of top 100 commentary tracks on a DVD box set and movies on ratethatcommentary.com. What a weird list to have. <laughs> I know. Are we are um, we really that starved for lists, people? Apparently, like, we made it on a list of the best vampire right. podcasts somehow. Oh, <laughs> um, I wear that as go. a badge of honor. 
Here you go. Fred makes two references to wanting weed, hinting that she may have been less tightly wound when she was younger. Oh, Fred. <laughs> uh, this episode is also reminiscent of Joss Whedon's future project, The Cabin in the Woods. Um, All right. Yeah. And here we go. When Connor appeared as a teenager in season three, it was mentioned that he is 16 years old. But in the Spin the Bottle, Cordelia says he's 18. It's impossible for him to have aged two years in the span of roughly three months without making another travel through dimensions, which we didn't witness, so there. <laughs> Anyways, um, you're going to be very disappointed. Oh, no. The uh, international titles are Spin the Bottle and The Magic Bottle. You're the worst people that I... named these in okay. other countries. <laughs> okay, I was about to say, I, I thought you were about to accuse me of being the worst. Oh, no, not you. Um... Yeah. Um, so what did you rate this episode? I thought it, okay, so, one, way better than Buffy. But two, <laughs> bar wasn't that high. <laughs> so, um, it was a, it was partially a fun episode and partially kind of annoying. I hate it when yeah. people lose their memory and don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, it, it got a seven, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave episode. it a, I gave it a seven and a half. It's funny. It's fine. It ain't anything groundbreaking or too good, but it's and it's cliche. But there's there's just some fun to it. Yeah. Uh, your th- this favorite- made me laugh a lot more than the Buffy episode. I will say that <laughs> much. Shut up, Buffy. Oh my gosh. I'm okay, so so. Aside so from when we do the rewatch, that is the only time I'm going to watch that episode ever again. I was about to ask that. I was going to say, so when we do the Buffy rewatch. <laughs> I will for that, but that's the only time ever. Yeah, then never again. Then it's then it's over. Nope. That will be the one episode I skip. Yep. Um, your favorite moment in this episode? Oh, boy. My favorite moment. Um, I do like the part... Where Lauren wakes up and he's like, I'm tied to a chair again. Why? (laughs) My favorite moment is also Lauren, but it's when he's unconscious, but he breaks the fourth wall anyway, just to point out how stupid everyone is. Yeah, it's also good. Anything (laughs) with Lauren in this episode, I think, is the best. Yeah. Um, And your character shout out. My character shout out is going to go to... You know what, Fred? I'll tell you why. (laughs) Uh, Because she looked at this guy that she didn't know that she knew, who was a demon, and decided to free him anyway, because she she really believed that he was going to do the right thing. So good (laughs) on you, Fred, for trusting Lorne. I'm sorry to everyone for the skittering of my cats. Is that if who you can your shout that. going to? Your cats? No. Oh. No. Zara was trying to attack the microphone earlier, and I'm just, like, trying to ninja with it and keep talking like nothing's wrong. Yeah. Um, Good job. Mine is going to Lorne. Yeah. Because he was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to help, and the implication we got is he actually made matters worse, but mm-hmm. his, like, heart was in the right place, and he just wanted to help, and he wished he could fix things. Well, I figured you would give Lauren. That's why I went with somebody else, because you always get mad at me when I give the shout-out to the same person. No, 
it's fine. If we shout the same person, it's fine. I do it for comedic value. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. So once again, we're not predicting for next week because we will predict next week for those episodes. Um, mm-hmm. To celebrate our 100th episode, we'll be watching the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Woo! Um, I don't know what I've told you about it previously, Marissa, so I'm just interested to hear what you think it will be about other than Buffy. Well, but, um, well, I don't really know. But I'm going to predict that it is... So Buffy doesn't start out in the beginning of the movie as a slayer. She kind of like the beginning of Buffy the TV show, she finds out that she's supposed to be a slayer. And, you know... Oh, I'm just going to ruin something for you right now. Buffy knew she was a slayer at the beginning of the show. Well, you know what I mean. She didn't want to be. You know what I mean. (laughs) Okay. No, I didn't. She wasn't actively going out and doing her slayer duties. Okay, yeah. So, kind of like that. Anyway. Okay. So, she's going to find out that she's this slayer of the vampires, because... That's always a good thing. Um, she's going to obviously, uh, you know, hook up with her buddies, uh, Willow and... Oh, I don't know if they're the same people. Were all the names the same? Then you can't tell me that. <laughs> she's going to hook up with some, some people that like her, and since it's high school, some people are not going to like her. It's kind of like the first season of Buffy. Um, I really don't know what's going to happen, so... I don't know. Okay, I don't so what know I predict what, a lot, really? So what I've gotten is it's Buffy learning that she's the Slayer, finding out about vampires, hooking up with a group of cool people, some high school drama, and vampire killing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a good old fun time. Mm-hmm. Um. So with that, I suppose if people want to email us and celebrate us getting to 100 episodes, that would be cool. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, our episode is uh, our episode. Our email is mmpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Our website is mmpodcastnetwork.com. Our Facebook is mmpodcastnetwork, and we can be found at Twitter at mmpnetwork. If you want to tweet at me personally, I'm at Mel Bickett. And Marissa, where can people find you? They can go on the Twitter or the Instagram and find me at rissaru 312 They should rate and review us on iTunes. And I hope you appreciate that we've been cursing less. And until next week, we will slay you later, guys.